Welcome to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Kranz, and this program is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. As always, I'd like to thank Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. St. Croix, the best rods on earth in Iowa. They've got your bass covered. On this week's program, I'm going to welcome Dan Johnson. We're talking about how the hot summer weather transitions to the fall, cooler weather, and what that does to fishing. Listen to Dan. He's going to give you some good information. Then I'm going to talk to Shane Wilson. He is Fishing Futures, fishingfutures.org. He is the CEO and founder. Uh, he's going to give us an update on that program. It's been around for, I believe, 17 years, long time. And then this week, I'm going to talk to you about why the We Fish ASA podcast is even around, how I came up with the concept, why we have the sponsors uh, that are on board with this. I'm going to give you a little insight on that. But first, this segment of the We Fish ASA podcast is brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. I'd like to welcome back Dan Johnson. How you doing, Dan? Doing great, Dave. Thanks. So we, we got through... What is pretty much summer, you know, you get past the Labor Day weekend, and that's the kind of the unofficial start of fall. But, you know, it's still sometimes fairly warm into September. But uh, today we're going to talk about uh, the weather and how you transition from a hot summer to cooler fall weather. And it can make a big difference on how successful we are at the fishing game, can't it? It can. And September for me, historically, and I'm, I'm assuming I'm probably speaking on behalf of quite a few people, has been sometimes a tough month. And the Indian summer that we have, and it gets the water temperatures are still really warm. Day temperatures, we're still right up above, you know, approaching record highs in the upper 90s. Um, and you get you get a situation where the water is still very heavily thermoclined. Um, it's going to come out of that before too long. But then it, it's, I would also say, though, that this year has been an anomaly because it's been great fishing. Um, and I think part of it, whether it's good or bad, is we haven't had a whole lot of rain. It's kept the, wa- it's kept the water clear. Um, and we've had a tremendous amount of bait this year. Not too much, but just enough to make it good. So it's been one of the best Septembers that... I, I can remember on record for a long time in terms of personal fishing, but back to the back to the larger topic. It's it's a very situational situation, and what I mean by that is you'll have places that are red hot, and you'll have places that are really tough, and that can depend on is low too low. In some places, it makes it better; in some places, it makes it worse and takes all the hard bottom out of the water, for example, and puts it up on the bank. And the fish are just in weird places and and there's some situations where a wolf packs them up and confines them and you land on them and you catch 50 you know so it's very situational and then sometimes if you get a big rain and a creek comes flying in it can muddy water up um you got a lot of boat traffic in the summer big boats on reservoirs that can wash mud and clay off the banks that can make that those fish that are up on the bank harder to catch and so it can be situational, but we are right there, Dave, on the cusp of that transition to where it gets really, really good. I mean, October is a magical month. November is really good. Talking about the Midwest here, um, really a lot, a lot of parts of the country, but 
it can be it can be interesting um still using a lot of a lot of pretty big baits big bottom baits you know the big 10 inch worm is still still at play here there's a lot of things you can throw but you really have to really i'd say right now more than any other time you have to let the fish tell you what to do they're not spawning they're not on full feed mode fall they're not on the big move yet they're catchable and they're schooled up but you have to let them tell you what to do absolutely and i think yeah some of the uh uh, you don't think about the fact that late August, early September, you have a lot of algae blooms, you have low water conditions if you haven't gotten a lot of rain like we don't normally get in August, and the water is low, and so, and if the oxygen is low, that's probably a big part of why they get tough to catch, uh, but like you said, you can find them sometimes, and it can be on fire, but there's there's a lot of factors that play into this uh, transition of, of hot um, to cooler fall like weather and it it is a fun time of year when it does turn on and it does get really good but like you you have the choice do you want to be in the boat or you want to be up in the tree and I and it, it's a hard decision but um, is current easier to fish in the fall do you think is that does that help with some of the stagnant water to warmer water or can that be a factor well, there's no doubt. I mean, current is the juice. I mean, if you're on a river and you, you can't have too much of it, but we certainly don't have too much of it right now because the river is really extraordinarily low, almost to some to some extent dangerous back in sloughs, but mm -hmm. they're there. I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily mean all the fish are out of the main channel. There's a ton of them out there, but you get the right amount of current. And we all know what that is, you know, and, and, it, and they're still they're still there. It's just a matter of finding them. But the water clarity is really good. The bait can still be back there. And in, in, in rivers, it, it, here's, here's another thing. I'm really glad you asked that question because I, I think, and this is just my humble personal opinion, I think patternability, finding fish in rivers is very predictable right now because there are certain things we look for. You know, you're looking for grass. You're looking for current. Um, you're looking for areas where the bait are, where lakes, if they're low and still have an algae bloom uh, and you have big boat traffic running around, slopping the banks all up, it can be really a lot more difficult to pattern them, in my opinion. I, I, have, a, I have a tougher time in lakes in, in the month of September than I do on the river in the month of September, if that makes sense. It's just because that current that current factor comes into play and we can talk about wind over saddles and pinch points and how that moves bait we've talked about that forever but it can still be really tough or in a river it's one of the biggest things we're looking for right now just that right amount of current over the right amount of bottom with the right amount of bait and uh and they're there and the good news is there's no doubt about it this is this time of year they start to school up i mean you can catch one here one there on certain spots on spots but generally speaking they school up and not only that they start schooling up according to size so really the biggest thing that a lot of us say right now is we're just trying to get a bite we're covering a ton of water trying to get the right bite because you know if you do that that fish is probably not alone there's no there's no nothing's true to entirety of course but generally speaking you get a real good one there's a reason why that fish is there and you can figure out a way to get a lot more of them that that's the cool part about this time of year yeah it can be such a fun fun time of year and then like you said a frustrating time of year i know i'm heading to the potomac here uh, in uh, about a week and a half and it's tough there in september even though you got tidal waters moving in moving out um 
A lot of times in the fall, because of the lack of rain coming into these systems, the brackish water gets up higher. That's a different story altogether, farther into these, these uh, areas up in those creeks. And the bass seem to slow down quite a bit. So that, that can be tough. That can be a factor depending on where you're at uh, in in the fall and it doesn't seem like it's like that in the spring so i think a lot of this has to do with the amount of water in the systems uh, low is can be easier to locate them like you said it concentrates them but it can also make it tougher because of less oxygen more algae blooms um, bait is concentrated so maybe they don't have to work so hard to catch any any food Oh, for a hundred percent agree. I mean, and, and that, that's what that's the comment I made about not too much bait because mm -hmm. that is a problem if there is too much bait. There's times we've seen them blowing up all over the place. You can't catch them, and it could be because the bait's too smaller than what you're throwing, or there's just so much bait in their face, you know. But an, another another factor in in the in this time of year the fish have kind of been where they've been for a long, long time, and they've been really beat up too. And and I think that anytime you can find fish in a transition. Whether it's winter, going to pre-spawn, going to spawn, bedding up, post-spawn, they're in a transition. Then they go into this long stint where they're really not moving around a whole lot. They get a lot more residential, right? And then you get into the fall here pretty soon in the Midwest in the next few weeks and beyond, they go on another move again. And, and, and so the vast majority of the year, if you're thinking about it, they're in some type of transitionary period other than right now. And I, I think that's part of it, too, because these fish have seen a lot, you know, and you, you get the classic pad bed with the right current on it, with the right bottom, and you've had five boats on it every day because that's just where they've been for the last two months. Yeah. You know, where, where that whole thing will change here in October, those fish, there'll still be a few there, but they'll be... 80% of them will be on a move towards an area, getting a little deeper water, a little more current, heading towards a wintering area, and then all of a sudden you'll find 100 of them. And they're in a new location, and sometimes I think, could be wrong, but sometimes when they're in a transition like that, they can be easier to catch because it's kind of new to them, if that makes sense. It does. Like, they, they know where they've been set up. They know where they've been feeding. And if, uh, you know, the amount of pressure over their heads, whether that's not only fishing pressure, but boating pressure from, and jet skiers and, and uh, water skiers and everything else, just pleasure boaters can disrupt that. But coming into the fall, we got a lot less of that. And it's a fun time to be out there. And a lot of good fishing days are left. People should not give up on them. And, uh, Always appreciate uh, Dan Johnson's time and uh, insight onto whatever topic we talk about. Uh, thank you, my friend, and look forward to talking to you next week. Dave, thanks so much. Oh, no problem. That was Dan Johnston. I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast, and this segment is brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. We will be right back after these messages. Probably one of the number one questions I get, you know, what line do I use? That's a big debate. For every tour out there, everybody's debating which line. I choose the simple side. My choice of line is sunline. One of my favorite lines to use is sunline. How all can you use it? Anywhere you want to. Anywhere there's water and bass, it's good. Walleye, catfish, trout, speckled trout, ready. sharks. There we go. Uh, I don't say this unless I think it's true, but honestly, it's the best in the market. Daiwa MAG4Z, similar in design to our SV system. Reels with MAG4Z excel when it comes to casting control while fishing bigger, heavier baits.
Our standard reels have a fixed rotor on the spool, meaning the braking pressure is consistent across the entirety of the cast. MacForce Z incorporates a spool that has a dynamic rotor that can adjust out and back from the spool. This gives you maximum control and casting precision. Daiwa. For over 75 years here at St. Croix, we believe every angler deserves the best fishing experience possible in being equipped and prepared for the moment opportunity strikes. You can only provide control if you are in control. Our legacy is being written every day with decisions today determining our successes tomorrow. We value contributions and successes of all individuals, protecting and preserving the things that matter most, taking care of people like family, the persistent pursuit of perfection. St. Croix. Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Kranz, and this segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. I always like to say that everybody I get to interview on this segment has a passion for the outdoors. My next guest certainly does. He is Shane Wilson, Fishing Futures CEO and founder. Welcome back to the program. Hey, thanks, David. We appreciate to be back here again. Um, I always enjoy being on your show. You know, I'm listening to you and talking to you and learning new insights. Uh, Dave, we're very excited. Thank you. Oh, no problem. So you uh, you were telling me off the air about uh, Fishing Futures' uh, success this year. Holy smokes! You're you're uh, you said you weren't quite back to pre-COVID numbers, but Give the listeners those those numbers again. How many events have you done this year? We're on track right now to do about 420 events. Um, most of those are family fish camps. We do have and a lot of online Zoom trainings and educational portions. And we're we're with the outreach and this that's not part of the 420. With the outreach events that we're be, we are doing, we are on course to offer some form of angling education in person to upwards of a hundred plus thousand people this year. Uh, our pre COVID numbers were about 145, but we're, we're getting close back to, you know, the pre COVID numbers, but we're golly, David, we're just tearing it up right now. It's an exciting, exciting time. I'm in Northern Indiana right now. I came up here to Indiana. We've got a chapter in the Indianapolis area, and we've got another chapter over in Port Clinton, Ohio, in which uh, we've done, I've been to both of those. When I come in as the founder of Fishing's Future, the, uh, the the media really comes around it, so I've been helping these guys do some other events, and I just just got a, a an article the other day from, I think it was a Port Clinton editor or Port Clinton monitor, one of their newspapers where you know they featured us in the, the paper so it's just it's just a wonderful thing to be teaching families about angling education and about how to fish and spend time with your children fishing this you know we've had a beautiful summer it's hot but you get in the water and you're cool and there's fish in the water and it's a great thing to do and and if we're going to give this again but just to make sure fishingsfuture.org if they go to that they can learn more about the organization learn more about how to participate learn more about uh, how to donate anything they need to know that's the best place for them it's fishingsfuture.org absolutely Dave. i appreciate you mentioning that uh 
You know, we're the only organization in the country that's actually boots on the ground at this level. We've got upwards of 60-some chapters now. We just opened a new chapter that's going to specialize in fly fishing. He's our fly fishing expert. Uh, in his bio, he's got 89 different species of fish on the fly rod. Hey, wow. I've been fishing my entire life, upwards of 60-plus years, and I don't know if I've ever caught 89 different species, let alone on the fly rod. So uh, it's just another another branch of the organization you know, we do an awful lot with special needs on our ICANN initiative, which is our tri-tune boat. It's the only boat designed like it in the world. Uh, I've got a company coming over from Germany at the end of the month to do some filming on that to help promote uh, things like this along the Gulf Coast. So, I mean, it's just what a blessing to be a part of, what a blessing to have started, uh, what a blessing to have impacted as many people as we've impacted over the last 17 years. And, you know, we are a nonprofit. We live off donations. We live off help. But if you go to fishingfuture.org and read about us, hopefully they'll find us worthy. And, you know, like you, you, you learned about what we're doing and you thought we were worthy. And we've been on the, the program multiple times because of it. I'm looking forward to seeing you at the ASA Summit here in the next couple of weeks or so. Uh, you know, it's just good to be involved in something that's so positive. It is. In 17 years, that's hard to believe that it's been around that long already. And now you operate in a lot of southern states, so you can actually do events almost year-round, don't you? We do events year-round because I'm in deep southern Texas. Most of Texas does stuff year-round. Uh, you know, our northern states are Minnesota, Pennsylvania, Kansas, uh, Utah. Those states don't aren't as fortunate, except... We do do ice fishing in, in Minnesota, so it's all based on volunteers, and volunteers are the ones that contact us to open a new chapter, and we help them form a new chapter. And it's the it's the level of the interest and the dedication that a volunteer has as to what you know each chapter does individually and independently, William. So we're we're just an, uh, a a group of I mean. I get all the accolades, but I've got 603 volunteers that yeah. make Fishing Future run. So it's a, it's a very, very fun part of what I do. Yeah, it, it takes a, a lot of people to make something like this happen. And for those of you down south in Florida and Texas and California, anywhere where you're at, you hear ice fishing and you think, oh, no, that's terrible. But... Uh, up there, they have houses on the ice with heaters in them. Imagine being in your front room with a couple of holes punched in the floor and a refrigerator in there and somewhere to cook food. It's not ice fishing sitting on a bucket out on the lake. No, and you know, the, the, I'm going to say the icing to that, Dave, is you're pulling in 22 and 18 to 22 or 24 inch walleye through the through the ice so that's I mean, <laughs> really exciting and some of them you fillet if they're in a slot limit and you can eat them and have fried potatoes i mean that is an event that uh i think is really good and it's great that they're doing that and getting more people involved and what you're doing is getting more people involved in all levels of fishing freshwater saltwater ice fishing and i absolutely love that and uh what's you have any events that are coming up uh soon that people if they live there they could go to and uh, and observe it well the, the the best way that i say to follow that is to go to fishingsfuture.org um, and go to the our events page you know they because we have so many chapters and each 
each master angler of that chapter has been certified and they've been run through a, a, a background check to make sure that they can do this. But they host their own events and they run them when it, it fits within their time frame. Yep. Some of them run three a year, others run, you know, 30 a year. So yeah. it just depends. The best way for me to tell you to do that is to go to the Fishing Future website, go to the events page, and see if there's something coming up. That is best, especially when you're around that many. How many states are you in? Do you even know right now? 21 or 22 right Excellent. now. Excellent. And looking to grow, looking to have more people get involved. So definitely future fishingsfuture.org, you can do that. And uh, did you ever think it would get this big? You know, Dave, I'm a, a, a dreamer at heart. Uh, I did not believe that. I never set out to to have a million people. We did a million people five years ago. Yeah, you know, collectively. Um, I never set that goal out. I just wanted to make people aware of what we're doing. You know, I buried a son a long, long time ago, and it makes me appreciate family. So I teach families how to spend time together. That's what I'm doing. You know, the actual fishing and catching fish. Uh, that's just the icing on the cake. I'm teaching families how to come together and spend time together. You know, parents say, well, you know, I'm involved in my kid's life. I take him to soccer. I take him to football. I say, mom, you're just being a cheerleader. Yeah. You know, when you're sitting on a bank and you're looking at the clouds and you're looking at the teddy bears or the whales that you're seeing in the clouds, and then you look back down at the water and you, 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 your bobber's under and you're like, hey, hey, your bobber's <laughs> going, your bobber's <laughs> going real, real, you know, and then, then it's so exciting for that two or three minutes and then you go back to looking at the clouds again, and that's real time that's engaging. It's important time, and that's what Fishing's Future is all about, is just teaching parents how to spend time with their kids or grandkids or nieces or nephews. Um, and fishing is the best way to do it. There's, there's water in every state, and there's fish in all those waters. So what a, what a wonderful pastime and a hobby to take up for a lifetime. It is a gift that you're giving to them. And the key word is you are teaching them how to do it so that the next weekend or the weekend after or a month later, or they could go whenever they want because they learn a skill, they learn how to do it. You take some of the mystique out of it that makes it easy for them to go forward, continue it, and hopefully what they're doing is teaching others to do the same thing. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? David, that's, I couldn't have said it any better because that's exactly what I'm doing, the ripple effect of what we're doing. Uh, the other day, I was fortunate enough to teach a little boy who's 14 how to fly fish, and a week later, he'd already bought him a fly rod. Uh, he asked me to get him some fly tying material. I took him down. We bought some fly tying material. And the ripple effect of that young child alone for the industry is uh, is is. It, profound you know he'll teach his grandchildren how to fish when he's there and he's 16 now so he's i just it just goes and goes and goes and that's all i'm doing is just giving people an opportunity we do teach them how to fish if you want to learn how to fish the best place to go is to an organization that's named fishing's future because we truly are because we do nothing but education you absolutely do, and I thank you for your time. And you said you've been on before. You'll be on again. We always like to get an update uh, two or three times a year from you on fishingfutures.org. Thank you, Shane Wilson. Hey, I'll see you at the summit. Sounds you later. Thank you. You are welcome. That was Shane Wilson, fishingsfuture.org. I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast, and this segment was brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. We will be right back after these messages.
Calcutta Outdoors. From bluegill to bluefin, Calcutta Outdoors has the innovative outdoor recreational brands that consumers are looking for. We offer a wide range of trusted products, from fishing rods, combos, and tackle to coolers, drinkware, outdoor apparel, and marine accessories. Calcutta Outdoors. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it. Iowa, our SV system is made with one thing in mind, casting control. The design of the spool as well as how the spool interacts with the braking system gives maximum control and ease of use when it comes to situations people might generally struggle with. Whether it's casting lightweight baits, skipping, pitching, casting into the wind, or even if you're just getting accustomed to a bait casting reel, SV is designed to help you excel. When set properly, SV reels virtually eliminate backlashes. Daiwa. Welcome back to the Wheatfish ASA podcast. I am Dave Kranz, and this program is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association, like Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors, St. Croix Rods, the best rods on earth, and Daiwa, they've got your bass covered. Today on this segment, I am going to tell you a little bit about how I came up with the concept to even do this program, and why, and why I asked the companies that are the sponsors of this program to be part of it. Uh, I came up with this concept, I believe, in 2014. The first episode came up in 2016. I looked at this, and I saw that this was going to be episode 376, and I thought, holy smokes, I don't think I've ever talked on the program about how it really came to be. Um, I was actually riding my lawnmower uh, around my yard, and I came up with this idea. as like, why can't somebody do something that brings this industry forward through, through the industry members? I, I was a part of the American Sport Fishing Association for quite a few years. I've, I had attended ICAST since 1991 without missing any, and ICAST... Uh, is the convention that we all come together and learn about the products for the next year. It's always held in July and we go forward and we end up having uh, this get together, which ends up being like a big family reunion. And I thought, why can't somebody, and I thought, why can't I come up with this podcast? So uh, at the time, there weren't many podcasts at all. And I started talking to uh, industry people from St. Croix. Uh, Paul Schluter was one of the first ones I talked to uh, from St. Croix. I ran it by him. Uh, we have Dan Johnston as a guest on this program every week, and I ran it by Dan, and I they thought it was a good idea. Paul thought that they would be interested in possibly sponsoring it. Uh, Gary Zern, uh, you know, rest his soul. He was such a great uh, person for Big Rock Calcutta. I, I approached him and some of the other uh, executives there. They came on board. They're still on board, both St. Croix and Calcutta. And um, Daiwa came on board shortly after. Um, the industry people that I have on this show, like AFCO, Sunline, Big Bite, Calcutta, St. Croix, um, these they all believe in 
the industry. They all believe in what's good for clean, accessible waters. Not not just, um, they don't do it just for the advertising. They're doing it because they believe in our industry. Uh, we all have a passion for the outdoor industry. And uh, that goes for every guest that has been interviewed on here. I, I think about the amount of people that, you know, Kevin Van Dam was on a couple weeks ago and then all these winners in the tournaments that uh, win Major League Fishing or uh, BASS events or walleye guys, catfish guys, musky guys. Musky guys next week, I'll have Joe Booker on this program. He'll talk about fall musky, but Joe also fishes saltwater, uh, freshwater up on the Mississippi River, whether that's pike or white bass or smallmouth or crappies. He's an all-around fisherman. But I think of the guests that have been on here, and it, it just floors me the passion of the people that have been on here and, and um, comes to mind a, a couple of the greatest statements I ever heard on here. Um, Wally Marshall was on. Um, he talked about his passion for crappie. I believe he's getting inducted uh, next week into the crappie hall of fame that uh, freshwater crappie hall of fame, which is phenomenal. Uh, I think th um, we had um, Hank Parker. I think the best statement I ever heard out anybody. We talked about how he, had been in the money a high percentage of the time. I believe it was high or middle 70s. And I asked what was the motivation for that, and he said that there was no greater motivator than poverty. What a, what a statement, you know, that you, uh, you're you doing that well, but you needed to. And he quit fishing because his kids needed a uh, a dad at home. He had to go home and be a father, and, and I, I think that was a, a great thing. Uh, Wu Dave sold a shotgun to pay for an entry in a tournament. And Wu told uh, the story of that shotgun fed his family. He hunted squirrels and quail and rabbit and deer. And he needed that shotgun to feed his family and put food on his table. Yet he went and pawned it so he had money for a tournament. And afterwards, he went and bought the shotgun back because he won the tournament. I, how awesome is that? I, I just think that... Uh, it's been uh, such a fun ride doing this, episode 376 and growing. Every week uh, they continue to come up and uh, just wanted to come on and talk a little bit about that and, uh, and what else goes on in the industry legislatively, why the industry uh, is the way it is, and the people that are in it are something very special. And we're going to uh, go to a commercial break here and I'm going to come back and I'm going to talk to a little bit about about that right after these uh, commercials. The We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. You know, when I look at the tournaments I've won, probably four or five of the boats that I've won have been on a tube. But I completely gotten away from flipping a tube because nobody, nobody made one soft enough. Big Bite has come with this new tour series of baits. The thing that's probably the most unique is when you look at that bait, the salt just rolls out of it. And to me, that is the reason a fish bites a tube and hangs on to it. This isn't one of those, let's go out and catch some smallmouth tube. This is a let's get it done tube. St. Croix, crafting the best rods on earth takes a team effort. Takes a lot of hands to produce a St. Croix fishing rod, 32 to be exact. Every rod we manufacture is carefully crafted, assembled, and tested by passionate professionals want to ensure you have the best fishing experience possible. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Iowa, our SV system is made with one thing in mind, 
casting control. The design of the spool as well as how the spool interacts with the braking system gives maximum control and ease of use when it comes to situations people might generally struggle with. Whether it's casting lightweight baits, skipping, pitching, casting into the wind, or even if you're just getting accustomed to a bait casting reel, SV is designed to help you excel. When set properly, SV reels virtually eliminate backlashes. Daiwa. Welcome back to the Wheatfish ASA podcast. I am Dave Kranz, and I'm telling you this week a little bit about the industry, about why the Wheatfish ASA podcast even exists. And I would also like to invite everybody to go to keepamericafishing.org. If you fish and you enjoy the outdoors, sign up for it. They'll help the industry keep clean, accessible waters everything that that we need that provides the places for us to fish keepamericafishing.org helps and the industry helps the asa american sport fishing association helps they do so many things mike leonard and uh, the staff there at the legislative branch of the american sport fishing association keeps on top of everything whether it's in the ocean the great lakes the streams it doesn't matter where it's at these guys are on top of our rights to do what we love to do, be outdoors, fish, uh, hunt if you do that, just enjoying uh, the wildlife. And and it's all so very, very important. And um, I think um, the, the listeners probably would be surprised at how small a family the industry really is. You think of all these competing reel and rod companies and boat companies and and line companies, and they all make plastics, they all make baits, but uh, it is a very small family of people that all are in it, and they have the same passion that I do, and that you do as a user of the of the, uh, the sport, getting out there to enjoy fishing, whether you keep them and eat them, or whether you catch and release, or you just use it to go out and relax and put the boat in or go on the bank or wade a stream. It doesn't matter whether you're a fly fisherman, a bait caster, a spinning fisherman, you use live bait. It It is all good. We all love it. Uh, I wanted to be in the sport fishing industry since I was in the fifth grade. I knew that. I'm, I'm almost 65 years old. And so 55 years ago, I knew I wanted to be in this industry. I had a passion for it. always was outside doing everything I could uh, to enjoy it. And I think uh, this this program with the guests that that come on here and talk about uh, techniques or talk about wins and tournaments or talk about um, things that people do to volunteer for veterans or uh, for people with disabilities. Uh, we had... Uh, you know, guest on all the time, either from Take a Vet or uh, Shane Wilson's on this episode from uh, Fishing's Future. Oh my God, they get all these people out there. They can, uh, whether they're in a wheelchair or whether they're they have a disability or uh, or uh, programs for families like he has there with with getting people out that you're teaching a family how to fish, and then they can go and do it the next week without a program, without an event, without volunteers, because you've taught them something. And I would like to invite everyone that listens to this program. I already know everybody in the industry does this, where we take people fishing and we help them understand how to 
enjoy what we have the outdoors. I have a tackle store in Northern Illinois. I've been in the tackle business since 1981. And that's part of the, the, the passion and part of the excitement of going to work every day is teaching somebody new. I, I've always felt that first I'm an educator and then I make a living off selling the related products. But the first goal is to educate people on how to enjoy the outdoors, how to have fun. And I think that's why this program came, came about. I thought we could expand that more with more help from the industry of of getting a broader base of people you know, the, this world's connected by these phones we have in our pocket or our tablets, and you can you can reach anywhere in the world in, in seconds where news and uh, events used to take, you know, up to weeks. Uh, uh, in the past, when our grandparents were were getting news, it wasn't happening like it is today. It, it's pretty, pretty crazy, pretty amazing. And um, I am just so thankful that... Uh, Episode 376 is around and up and looking forward to doing another 376 episodes and looking forward to interviewing whoever wins tournaments, whoever has something to share, whoever has uh, the gift of educating other people on how to fish, how to enjoy the outdoors. Our industry is full of these people. I, I thank them. I thank all the sponsors. Again, St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Daiwa, they've got your bass covered. Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel. These people all help so much. AFCO, AFCO, take a look what AFCO does for our industry in clean waters. They do a lot. Big Bite, Sunline, these companies are not just sponsors, but they're stewards of the outdoors stewards of the water stewards of the land and the air these companies were picked to become part of the we fish asa podcast because i know that they are all proud industry members of the american sport fishing association and are supporters not just for the ads not to get people to buy things but because they believe in our industry and they Believe in you participating. Yes, it's a business. Yes, we all have to go to work and, and make a living at something. But there's a passion behind this. There's a pe passion behind why I do this. I thank you for listening. I hope you continue to listen and look forward to talking to you in the future. Thanks again to my guest for another great episode of the We Fish ASA podcast. Thank you, Dan Johnson, for giving us some insight into how to transition fishing from hot summer weather to cooler fall and how those patterns uh, affect our fishing. Good insight on that. Thank you so much, uh, Shane Wilson. Fishingfutures.org. He gave us an update on what they're doing. Amazing things. Lots of events. He's the CEO and the founder, and Shane will be on again. And then... Thanks for listening to me tell you about why the We Fish ASA podcast is even around. I appreciate every one of our listeners. It's it's awesome. And continue to listen. I'll continue to bring you the best programming I can. I'm looking forward to bringing you the We Fish ASA podcast next week. Until then, please take someone fishing to help grow our sport.
I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it.